I wasn't even ready yet. So, so what? Do I just insert a hot take here or something? LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to repeat, but they are going to play the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Championship, and the Jets are going to be in the Super Bowl. You don't get much hot take in that. Take that, take that, take that. Brooklyn style, baby! Brooklyn Welcome back to another edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only talent, throw my, throw my Taylor. All I do is take that. Woo! It's November 30th. It's the last day of the month. Thanksgiving is past, but we still stuffed. We get to talk fantasy football playoffs. Gained about 150 pounds, but we ain't going to talk about that. We get to recap week 12 of the NFL, go talk about week 13, and in case you didn't know, there's only about like 31 days left into the year, and oh yeah, in the NBA we got a triple-double prince, but you know what I say, regardless of that time and regardless of that weather, it's always a good time to talk some sports, so... Let's start talking. Back at it like a sports fanatic. Listen, I know you've been missed. I know I know you've been missed. I know I've been missed. <laughs> this is going to be a weird week. This, this is going to be a weird week and kind of a weird day. Weird day. The Mighty Sports Podcast is running a little bit late. And we got people in the studio. We got people coming into the studio. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's okay. So this is what happens. We're just going to get right into it. We're going to talk about the sports. We're going we're gonna to get hard in the action. And listen, some people are going are gonna to be mad at me. Um, I'm going to need somebody to open the door. <laughs> because, you know, things, things, things just aren't what they seem. Week 12. Week 12 basically saw... Week 12 basically saw... The Thanksgiving Day games, which <laughs> believe it or not, was actually not bad. And, and I say it's not bad because remember, this is normally a day that everybody normally complains, right? And I, I'm not gonna say that they complain, complain about this particular game, but they complain about what happens on a Wednesday, they complain about what happens on a Thursday night game, they complain about any time that we have early games, but you know what, there was no complaints this time, there was no complaints this time, because you know what happened, this Thursday night game, what happened is that we were able to sit at home, see all our friends and family, get stuffed, and I mean, I mean, as stuffed as stuffed can be, but also, at the same time, watch football, and... We're talking Minnesota, Detroit, 
Washington, Dallas, and even Pittsburgh, India. I'm telling you, the, the, the podcast is popping today. The podcast is popping today. <laughs> so listen, we're not going to take up any more of your time. We're going to get right into it. Because listen, we're going to go fast today. We have, we have, I ain't going to say we have two weeks worth of stuff to, to, to go through, but I haven't been here in two weeks. I wasn't doing a podcast on, on, on Thanksgiving weekend. I'm telling you that now. So if you mad at me, you, you're just going to have to stay mad. I, was, I wasn't doing one. Listen, you know what kind of parties was going on that weekend? You know what kind of drunkery I was getting that weekend? No, 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 no. So, we just got to get into it. Alright, so Minnesota loses to Detroit 13 to 16 as Matthew Stafford passes for over 200 yards and one touchdown. We have Dallas that takes out Washington. Now listen, I'm gonna tell you again as I've been telling you for weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks. I am a 100% Dallas believer. Listen, I know, I know people are gonna be mad at this. I've been telling you this for a while. I've been telling this for, I, and you know what's bad is that. I've been, I've been defending Dallas for so long, based off the simple fact that I, I thought that, you know, Tony Romo was getting a bad shape, but Tony Romo ain't getting a bad shape, and he deserves not to play, and unfortunately, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, they carry them boys now to 10 straight wins, that's 10, you understand that if they're fucked toward of a wide receiver and you how to get out of bounds, they'll be undefeated this year, I'm just saying, that's how close it is between one loss and, a, and an undefeated season with a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back. But Dallas wasn't even the person that shone in this game. Dallas did what they do. Dallas, Dallas put up a team game. They played some good defense. They ate up, they ate up some clock. They, they made the small passes when they needed to. But Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, that guy that's on that franchise contract, that guy that came out there yelling, do you like that, you like that, you like that. He passed over 50 times that game. 41 for 53 to be exact. 449 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and they still lose because Washington sucks. Kind of, kind of is what it is. The Pittsburgh. We gonna try this again. The Pittsburgh. Okay, apparently my sound person. <laughs> This is what happens when you have people in the booth and like they do shit normally or they that they do all the time and all of a sudden like a mic is in front of them and shit is recorded and you, and you try to get them to do some shit that they normally do anyway and, and you can't get in front of us. Let's, let's try this. We're gonna try this one more time. The Pittsburgh Squealers took on the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> and they beat them 28 to 7. The game that saw Ben Roethlisberger put up three touchdowns, no interceptions. And all of those touchdowns, when I say all, I'm not talking about part of them, I'm not talking about maybe just one, I'm not talking about some, all of them, all three of his touchdowns came to Antonio Brown, who had five receptions for 91 yards, he had five receptions, three of them were touchdowns, that means 60% of the times that he touched the balls, he scored. Plays in the background. I'm just saying, that's how he gets down. LA lost to New Orleans as Drew Brees put on a Drew Brees um, pass fest. 
four touchdowns, 300 plus yards, 21 to 49 for New Orleans. Tennessee beat Chicago, and Chicago just struggling. And listen, I'm not even sure if when Jay Cutler comes back, if he deserves his job back, because I don't know if Jay Cutler in the lineup does any better than Chicago currently has right now. And, and that's the sad part of, I guess, what's going on in Chicago. Because, you know what? Ironically, Chicago found that they have a running game. They have two. They, they lost Langford, and now they and now they put in Howard in the game. And, and Howard is, is putting in just much as much as, as, as Langford was. So now you're talking about now they have two running backs. Now you definitely know that you have at least one wide receiver in Alshon Jeffrey. You just need a quarterback that isn't a pussy enough to be able to stay in the game. And I'm sorry. You know I'm not supposed to be cursing all over the track. But, you know, things just... But it happens like that sometimes. The backup quarterback for Chicago, Barkley, passed for over 50 times in that game. If this was... You realize that this was Jay Cutler, you'd be ripping him a new ear hole right now. You can't rip that guy a new asshole because that guy's asshole is wide at this point. You guys have finished with that one. You'll be ripping him a new ear hole. And, listen, oh, don't don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> my bad, my bad. You know in the mighty sports fashion, there's always a game going on in the background. So right now, we have the Knicks taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves, 73-70. Knicks were down earlier. They were up. 50 to 40, and now you see the, cl the game starting to close in as it's only a three point game. Both teams are in the bonus. It's just a little over two minutes left in the third quarter. As we see Ricky Rubio take the ball on the top of the court as he works on, on Brandon Jennings. Shot by Minnesota. It's a brick. It's recovered by the Knicks, and we get into our offense. Arizona beats Atlanta 19 to 38, as Atlanta just does does their shootout thing and, and, and scores points. And, and I'm still. I'm, not, I'm still not convinced about Atlanta, but we'll talk about that because Atlanta right now is currently sitting, what, fourth in the NFC? And for some odd reason, I look at them and say, you know what, Atlanta, they'll, they'll make the playoffs, but what after? What after that? What did they do? They made the playoffs. Again. This is, this is, this is Atlanta for you. Atlanta evil just completely whiffs and puts up like a four-win season or they do this thing. They put up great numbers because they have a decent quarterback and a great wide receiver. And they make the playoffs. And then we're going to end up talking about him in the same light that we talk about Cincinnati Bengals and, and Andy Dalton and the Red Rockets. I'm just saying, that's what, that's what Natty Ice is right now. It's a good enough quarterback to keep getting playoff bonuses. The New York Giants beat Cleveland in a game that was a game of streaks. Because you had the Giants with their fifth win in a row versus Cleveland with their 11th loss in a row. And we was going to see which streak was going to stand up. There's no surprise here. It's no surprise here. There's a game that Odell Beckham, he showed out. He made, he made love to Nets. He kissed babies. He tossed fans. He saucered all over the place. He did a split and a backstand. I don't even know if that even works, but... You know, it's Odell Beckham, you know, old dirty player. That's what he does. You know, he, you know, he's, he's that diva. <laughs> As the Knicks are up 78 to 70, with it's 117 left in the, in the third quarter. So the Giants improved to win their sixth straight game. And the Cleveland Browns, ah, 
the Cleveland Browns. I I don't, I don't even have a sound for them. Like that. Oh, you know I do. <laughs> Anything else, and I'll just be completely disrespectful to about a hundred people. <laughs> the Browns suck. Like they haven't won a like. I, I, you understand? That I'm looking at the standings, and I'm realizing that the Jets are sitting at what is this? Three and eight, four and eight, and they ain't even one of the worst three teams in the league. Surprisingly, kind of still sitting there with Carolina. The team that made it into the Super Bowl. I don't feel too bad if I'm a Jets fan. I always I don't feel bad because I keep looking at Carolina. That's the only comparison I have to even make myself feel good. Because if not, I would have thrown myself over a bridge a long time ago. The Brooklyn Bridge, no, no, no. I mean, I have to travel to the cold for that shit. Fuck that. <laughs> I'll find a lake or some shit down here in South Florida. San Diego beat Houston 21-13. Jacksonville lost to Buffalo 21-28. And Cincinnati lost to Baltimore 14-19. And then, Callan Kaepernick flew his non-voting ass from San Francisco all the way down to cocaine capital. Miami, viva la Miami. <laughs> and as Kaepernick continues to take a knee, his team continues to sit down on him. I don't know what's going on with San Francisco, and I can't even say I don't know what's going on with San Francisco. San Francisco never had a real team to begin with. Callan Kaepernick should have been starting from the beginning of the season, but he was mending some kind of injury. Chip Kelly is doing the same thing that he did in Philly, where he is running so fast of an offense that his defense never gets a town, never really gets a chance to, to to get a break because his offense isn't good enough to stay on the field for any sustainable drives. So basically, his offense is on the field for two minutes, and then his defense has to stay on the field for six. That's not winning football. That's the reason why you lost your job in Philly. It's going to be the reason why you lose your job in San Francisco. But you know what we're going to, going to do? That wasn't even me. That is just the kind of reaction that happens when you talk about Chip Kelly. That wasn't even me this time. Like That was, that was the people up above. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get more into week 12, break into week 13, probably talk about the NBA and eh, whatever we have left. Tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830-183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sunlight Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. And we are back. Welcome to the Mighty Sports Podcast. And if you are still listening and you are listening live on the MixLR app, if you listen to the re-earing, then you have options. You have options. You know, we have SoundCloud. We have TuneIn Radio. You even come back to the MixLR app. That's M-I-X-L-R. And listen, and listen to the re-ears. I prefer you listen live, though. I mean, how, how else am I supposed to know if you like it or not? How else can I interact with you? How else can I tell you to go fuck yourself when you disagree with me? You know? We need all that. Because San Francisco comes out to Miami and loses 24 to 31. And and the bad thing about this, more than anything else, is not the fact that 
Kellen Kaepernick look bad. It's not the fact that Kellen Kaepernick is still is still rocking that throw for no reason. It's not the fact that Kaepernick is, t- is taking a knee. It's not the fact that Kaepernick didn't vote. It's the fact that the Miami Dolphins got their sixth win in a row. And I have to hear from these doll fag fans. Just excited for no reason. The same fans, I'm telling you. Three weeks into the season, they were burying their Dolphins gear. I mean, bur- underneath their bed, underneath their basement. They were burning them in the streets with their inside pots and pans in Hialeah. But now, it's all love. It was all good just a week ago. That's the Dolphins fans for you. Everybody was hiding their face. They were two games away from putting brown paper bags over their head. But now, everything's Gucci. Now... Every fucking Dolphins fan has, has been a Dolphins fan since the time that Dan Marino had an undefeated season. This, this is how they get. It's okay, I'll still be at the beach. Seattle lost to Tampa Bay. 5-14. to 5-14. Fourteen. to 14. You know what that means? That's a safety and a field goal. 5-14. to 14. You deserve to lose. Fuck you, Seattle. New England beats the Jets 22 to 17. In a game that. It's a division. Okay, it's a rivalry game. So let's not act like Tom Brady always looks his best when he plays the Jets. But we're talking about a game that the Jets were up. Sixteen. Sorry, it was fifteen to seventeen with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I don't know if I want to call it in Jet fashion. I don't know if we want to call it in Tom Brady fashion. Maybe it's a combination of both. Jets kind of suck. Tom Brady is kind of aight. He wears Uggs. That butcher sheep. I'm just, I'm just saying. Before you before you praise the guy. You know, he's a, he's a sheep butcher. Tom Brady finds a way with Tom Brady, New England Patriots, Bill Belichick. They're cheating. They're recorded games. They're deflated balls. Yeah, I'm not going to let you forget any of that. They find a way to come back, get another game-winning drive to add to the Tom Brady legacy as he gives birth to another UG and another W. Carolina Panthers lose to the Oakland Raiders. The The Oakland Raiders that have improved now to 9-2. The Oakland Raiders that are tied for the second best record in the league with New England. The Oakland Raiders that haven't looked good since Al Davis died. They beat the team that was in the Super Bowl, the Carolina Panthers. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. Like, you can't even take solace in saying that anymore. Like, the Carolina Panthers have looked so bad this year that you can't even get a bonus. And I know I used it for the Jets earlier, so I know I'm contradicting myself. But you can't even get a bonus anymore from saying, oh, we beat the team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Because they are so far not that team anymore. Like, do you realize that not one time did we see 
Cam Newton. They got no way that I dare. Walking around with a cat. I got them headed there, man. Not once. Not once did we see him dab. We haven't seen a Superman. We even see this nigga jerking jive. If they lose a game by a field goal, another disappointing game. Another game that was won by a field goal. Kansas City versus Denver. And what I just keep telling you guys, Kansas City is my undercover second favorite team. And, and I have to say undercover because I'm not willing to admit to it yet. Because I don't even know where the fuck Kansas City's at. I do know where St. Louis is at, but I don't know where Kansas City's at. Okay, I know where they both are at. Well, I don't care. Cause have you been to St. Louis? Wait, that's Missouri. That's still the same thing. I don't give two shits. As the Knicks are up 88 to 78 with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Street almost coming up on another break. Soon, we're far from it. I lied. Kansas City beat Denver by a field goal, and what I keep telling you guys. Is, is the Andy Reid factor. N not I'm going to repeat it again. I'm going to repeat it this week because I repeated it last. Okay, I didn't repeat it last week. He wasn't here last week. I repeated it the week before. I've been repeating this now for 10 weeks, 12 weeks now. Andy Reid factor. N nothing about Kansas City says impressive. Nothing about Kansas City says elite. Not from their quarterback, not from their wide receiver, not from their tight end, not from their running back. Their defense stacks up with the top 10 at times. But nothing about Kansas City says elite. Nothing about Kansas City says we like we fear you. Like, when you go play Kansas City, you can't think of one person that you need to pay attention to. You just go to Kansas City and know that they get coached well. And that if you and you don't come with your with your P's and Q's, like your, your P's dotted and your T's, you know, crossed, you know, you're gonna lose. And that's just because Andy Reid is a fucking hell of a coach. And then we get Green Bay and Philly for the Monday night game. And Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are coming off of a four-game losing streak. The same Aaron Rodgers that is considered one of the baddest quarterbacks in the league. The same Aaron Rodgers that tells you to R. E-L-A-X As if he was the host for a midnight love hour That's him They found a way to pull up a victory over Philly Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles That just fell off Remember when Philadelphia Eagles started up 3-0 this season And everybody was like Ooh, look at this rookie quarterback Ooh, look at this I'm like, I was one of these people I got that defense on my fantasy football team and every single week since week six, I've been gassed and gassed and gassed. And I know you don't want to hear about my fantasy football league, but I'm getting gassed on defense. And I can't put together two straight wins. So, he puts up 300 yards. Against a team that is supposed to have one of the top three ranked defenses in the league. And then he gets another 100 plus yards by, to, to Adams. Devontae Adams. Like the same Adams that 
for majority of the season, but you call him stone hands. See, Aaron Rodgers is the one of them guys I really don't like. And and only because he has no he has no target. Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady's a whole different level of dislike. I don't want to put him in this category because I hate Tom Brady. These guys I just dislike. Like when it comes to fantasy football, you can't pinpoint them. They they pass the ball. Russell Wilson, they pass the ball to every single person and the person that you have drafted on your team. As we see, Christoph Porzinga goes in for a layup to put the Knicks up 93-78 to with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. And this is what he did. Five catches for Adams, 112 yards, two touchdowns. So the only two touchdowns Aaron Rodgers threw for the whole entire game happened to go to this guy Adams. That is only less than probably 20% of the league. I'm saying that's what he does. That's when he decides to win. That's when he decides to win. Who does who does Green Bay play next week? Green Bay has Houston. And even Houston has a better record than them. Yes, Houston has a better record than Green. Green Bay sits at five and six. Houston is sitting at six and five. Houston is actually fighting for a playoff berth. Green Bay is just is just trying to find out, figure out new ways to make cheese heads. I'm not sure who's going to be falling off this clip first, if it's Green Bay or, or it's the New England Patriots. Or I shouldn't say Green Bay or New England Patriots. Whether it's Tom Brady or it's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but somebody has to get some help soon. Tom Brady didn't look good last week against the Jets, but it's against the Jets and it's a division game. Even though Aaron Rodgers won last week, he didn't look, he hasn't looked quite impressive this whole entire year. And he hasn't looked impressive since. Sometime last year. So it is it is it is, it is open. It is, it is okay to start asking those questions. Is Aaron Rodgers starting to fall off that cliff already? Is are we are, are the best days of Aaron Rodgers behind us? As the Knicks go up ninety six to eighty. As we as we'll also see the Knicks take on Minnesota in the garden on Friday. As we as they complete their home and home. Talk about the NBA. Since, since, we go, since we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about the NBA, let's get into the NBA before the break hits real quick because Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook, not Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's the quarterback for Seattle, Russell Westbrook, he is doing something in the NBA that hasn't been done since 19... 68 in 1969. He's doing something that when LeBron James came out and said, well, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach because I'm the best player in the world. I have a huge basketball IQ. These are the kind of numbers I expected him to do. His six foot eight, 270 pounds. Being able to chase down anybody from one end of the court, you know, able to t leap tall buildings in a single bounce, run faster than a locomotive. Yes, you guys make LeBron James sound like fucking Superman. And yet, he doing what Russell Westbrook is doing. Just saying, these are the things that has gotten LeBron James talked about for the last decade of his career. Because he calls himself great, he calls himself king and and and, and the chosen one. And, 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 all, and all this other crap. But it loses to Dallas. 
loses to the golden child, golden, you know, and, and Stephen Curry. And then when you should be putting up these monster nuts because you are just more physically gifted than anybody else in the league. You let some guy that's five inches shorter than you. 50? 60? 70 pounds lighter than you? Do things that you can't accomplish? That you should! Now what are we talking about? We're gonna get back into that when we come back from this commercial break. They didn't join this team to win championships. Or become famous. They join because there is important work to be done. And only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops. All prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash. And the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world. And they can respond, I became a soldier. Back to the Mighty Sports Podcast, and thank you for still listening. I'm still your host, Talent T. Taylor, and if you're listening, you're still listening on the MixLR app. So what is it that LeBron James has not been able to accomplish, that Russell Westbrook has been able to accomplish, that no NBA player has been able to accomplish since the 60s? But simple. He's averaging a triple-double for the whole season so far. Now, granted, we're barely 20 games into the season. So to give... Russell Westbrook, that crowning achievement as if he has already accomplished a triple-double. When we're talking about he still has a good, what, 70, 65 to 70 games left of the season? It's a long season, too. It's, it's a little premature, but he is, nobody has been this far into the season. So, like I said, as I take it away from him, and I tell you that we can't give it to him yet, you don't realize that. Nobody has gone this far into the season. 16 games into the season. That's all we're talking about. Barely 20 games in. That nobody has gone this far into the season averaging a triple-double outside of Oscar Robinson. Back in the day when he put up a triple-double for two consecutive seasons. Yeah, this, is, this is the kind of things I expected LeBron James to do when, he's, when he came in and called himself the chosen one. You know, Mr. Great One. Mr. 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 Believer. Like a goddamn Justin Bieber concert, believer. So, the NBA starts off, like I said, we're about 16 games, just a little under 20. So, like I said, I call it about the quarterway mark. Because the Knicks are still up 99 to 88, with just about six minutes left, as actually Jack, Zach Levine makes a dunk to break the, bring the lead down to single digits, 99 to 90. Early season, we see Cleveland sitting at first place, 13 and 3. Followed by Toronto at 11-6. And, and surprisingly, Dwayne Wade is helping drag along the Chicago Bulls as they continue to go 10-6. And, and you know what? Let's just talk, talk about basketball. And as we see a replay of Carl Anthony Towns do another sweet move on Christoph Porzingis. Do you realize at one point in the game, at one point in time in this game, 
that he was a perfect 10 for 10. As we see Zach Levine break away for another dunk. Oh, no, that's a replay. I was about to lose my cool. I was about to lose my cool. I thought the Knicks was about to blow a lead. A game that they, they were basically up by 20. If they, if the, you know if the Knicks lose this game, I'm going to be furious. Now, you're going to hear me like get mad at, at the end of this podcast that you've never heard before in my life. Because I can't have the Jets the way that they are this season. And then have the Knicks come up with the talent that they have. And I, and I know. I know. The Knicks are going to need some time to gel. Like, like if, if there's one thing that LeBron James has told us. That even when you put together a champion like Dwayne Wade. And a guy that's in the top 10 in, in player efficiency like Chris Bosh. And a guy that takes his team to the Eastern Conference Championship every single year. Like LeBron James. That they still may not win the first year. Regardless of how much talent they have. Because they still have to find that chemistry. So when I look at the Knicks this year. I'm looking at them like, you know what? I'm waiting for you guys to find that chemistry. I'm not going to really start judging this Knicks team to probably like the last 30 games of the season. So probably like after game like 50, I'm going to look see where they're at. And they, still, and they need to be like at about 25 and 25 and they need to improve from there. Or about like 20 and 10. Finish off the season with 45 wins. Easy. They have to. So apparently the Knicks are sitting at 8 and 9. So if they win today, then they'll finally break 500. Now what I find funny, and, and, and funny just from a simple standpoint, from a simple standpoint that I just kind of hate the Miami Heat. Like, like that's just it. I, I just don't like the Heat. And I remember at the beginning of the season that Miami Heat fans were convinced, and I was still early, Miami Heat fans were convinced that the Heat still had the opportunity to at least make the playoffs. And listen, it sounded convincing. It sounded half-ass convincing. You know, they, they used points like, oh, if if Hassan Whiteside hadn't gotten injured in the playoffs last year, that they would have they would have they would have improved and taken on the Cleveland Cavaliers and possibly beat them. So with that inkling of hope in there, they're saying that without three-time champion Dwayne Wade. That they're gonna put Snapchatter Hassan Whiteside as the premier guy for their team, and they're gonna become victorious. Well, so far the complete opposite has happened, as the Miami Heat are sitting at five and twelve, and all in all, they are one of the worst four teams in the NBA, sitting down there with the Phoenixes. Listen, even Philly, even the Philadelphia 76ers that have been struggling for God knows how many seasons are doing better than them. Out in the West, we have the we have the Golden State Warriors with a 16 and 2 record. As, as they kind of as they as they find ways to continue what they did last year with the addition of Kevin Durant, are they gonna possibly? Get anywhere close to the record that they had last year, I, I doubt it. But I don't think they have to to be that impressive this year. They just need to win a championship. I, I, that's going to be more than what they're judged on more than anything else. They can listen. They can have 75 wins for the season, and they don't win a championship. It's going to this is going to be poo pooed on all over again. Get followed by San Antonio at 14 and four. Was followed by the LA Clippers at 14 and five. As we see all of these teams, we saw the Clip, we saw the Clippers lose to Boston last night. I'm sorry. Oh man. I do apologize. 
we have an award to give out today. It's been a while. It's been a while that we gave out the Richard Cranium Award. But we have a contender. And he is... J.R. Smith. If you haven't seen this yet, in a game <laughs> where Cleveland is playing Boston, whoever the hell they're playing this time, it doesn't even matter. J.R. Smith is on defense. And the size just walk off the court and give Dab, show some love to a player on the bench of the opposing team. While his man cut straight to the lane for an easy dunk. And then they interviewed J.R. Smith after the game. And his response is, I didn't even know I was in the game. Smoke weed every day. Like... <laughs> hate to say it, like, J.R. Smith is on that ish. Like, I don't want to say he's on weed, because it, because it, it puts a bad connotation on potheads. But, J.R. Smith is on that ish. Like, first he didn't put on his shirt for like 60 days, and now he didn't even realize he's in the game. That his team just completely gets annihilated in. San Antonio lost, Clippers lost, Cleveland lost. Three of the top four teams in the NBA lost last night. As, as when the Clippers lose, we saw Doc Rivers completely lose his cool. I mean, like, just lose his shit. Like, he looked he was about to fight a ref. But not when the ref was in front of his face. When the ref walked away. And he had three people in front of him. That's when he, looked, that's when he really lost his cool. You know how that goes. That, oh, hold me back, hold me back, hold me back. That was Doc Rivers. <laughs> Sorry, you got the... Coach D'Antoni finds himself another job in the NBA. As the NBA evolved to an up-paced game where it benefits him even more, he has his Houston Rockets sitting at 11-7. As the Houston Rockets are trying to recover from a disappointing season last year. Because remember, the Houston Rockets, just a year before, they were, in, they were in the Western Conference Championship. And then they got bounced early in the first round last year. So they hopefully they could find back some of that spark that they had the year before. As Listen, they got rid of some pieces, that some of the chemistry... As, we see again that Dwight Howard just gets, like, gets moved from another team that says that he just wasn't the right fit. He's been the right fit in Atlanta so far. Wasn't the right fit in Houston. Right behind Houston at 11 and 8 are Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And this is kind of what we probably expected from, from, from Russell Westbrook and Oklahoma City Thunder. That they were probably going to be in the playoffs, but, but be a bottom four team. And we kind of got a whiff of this based off exactly what based off what happened a couple years ago when Kevin Durant went out injured. And it was basically Russell Westbrook's team for basically 60 games. This is basically who they end up being. A game that, a team that is, 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 is completely filled around Russell Westbrook. Even as Victor Oladipo, a guy that was drafted in the top uh, as a as a top five pick, if I'm not mistaken, he's a top three pick when he got drafted. If I'm not mistaken, he's a top two pick when he got drafted. Just saying, for for a top three, top five, top two pick, he's a big disappointment. Especially when by the time you told him he's with a guy like Russell Westbrook, 
to have a guy of that caliber beside you, you don't elevate your game, is a little disappointing. But Oklahoma City are sitting at the sixth spot right now, and this is probably what's going to continue to happen. They'll t they'll continue to be in bottom four team in the, in the West or in the playoffs at that. But Russell Westbrook is going to keep doing what he's doing. He's going to put his triple doubles because if they are going to win, that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to put up triple double after triple double after triple double after triple double or something with egregiously close to it, just so his team can come manage to squeak out a two point victory every single night for 82 games. Over the course of five months. Good luck, Russ. Surprisingly, and this team has no significance whatsoever than the simple fact that they're the LA Lakers. But they're the LA Lakers. And I was surprised to see that the LA Lakers that had arguably one of the greatest shooting guards in the league last year, in Kobe Bryant, and he was a bottom three team last year and the year before. That finally this year, without Kobe, as the young players get a chance to shine, they're able to get the ball, get to learn the offense, and able to work through their mistakes. Lakers are sitting at nine and ten, one game under 500. One game under 500, just like the Knicks, that are filled with stars. The LA Lakers that are filled with nothing but rookies and young players. Their most noticeable player is Nick freaking Young, who was out for two to four weeks with a strained calf. They are nine and ten over the Knicks that are eight and nine. Just saying. I know chemistry means something, but this chemistry needs to work faster than what it's doing for the Knicks. Because it makes it looking bad. The college football playoff rankings finally came out a couple weeks ago, a couple hours ago, in the last 24 hours, and the most interesting thing about it, and you guys know me, I'm not a big, I'm not a big college sports person, so if, if I'm at least paying attention to when the first rankings come out, this means that there's some slight significance in it, because I'm I'm interested in a, in, a, in a few coaches, mainly one, even though I said a few, mainly one. So I'm kind of curious to see what he's able to do, you know, for his team, for that state, as a recruiting, as a recruiting rod. So for the college football players, it was more interesting about the team that got left out. More about the four teams that made it. As we have Washington that made it in as number four. Clemson is in at number three. And as we know, these are, these are ridiculously early. We still have about another four weeks to go in the college football season. And these can completely be flip-flop by the time that's done. We have the Ohio State coming in at number two. And... Mr. Tide Alabama coming in at number one, which 
squad. We kind of expect that. And even with all of that, all of that enthusiasm, all of that excitement, there's more excitement built around the one team that was left out. Michigan and Harbaugh. Because Michigan has a win over Washington. And Washington is currently just sitting as the bowl-friendly team. But like I said, we have four weeks. And the thing that only made this interesting is because they talked about Bama, they talked about Ohio State, they talked about Clemson. As if they were definitive one, two, and three. As if they were going to definitively flip-flop between themselves. Everywhere else I hear, they keep trying to make reasons or come up with excuses on why Michigan should be in. Not why Washington should stay in, but why Michigan should be in instead. Jim Harbaugh is going is to see a college football playoffs before the end of the season. He's probably going to make it. I kind of hope they win, only because well, there's something crazy about Jim Harbaugh that I like. You know, like, listen, local is as local does. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, you got you to like a little bit crazy in your life, or else you just get bored. We're going to hit our final commercial. So, if you're stuck trying to figure out what to do on a Friday, I'm going to tell you what Stop worrying. Stop thinking. Head down to Capone's Nightclub in downtown Fort Lauderdale where you'll find DJ Seth to mix it in the lounge room so you can store desks and store drinks. Unless I understand. Some of you guys are shy. You may need to store drinks so you can store dancing. No matter what you do, make sure you do it with DJ Seth. That's every Friday from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Ladies, bring it sexy. Fellas, you bring your swag. It's going down to Capone's. But, 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 wait, there's more. You trying to figure out on a Wednesday? Yes, I'm talking about tonight. You'll find DJ Seth at O'Malley's nightclub from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. I call it nightclub. It's more like a bar. <laughs> He's there every Wednesday. Listen, it doesn't really matter what you do. DJ Scepter, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, Weddings, quinceaneras, bachelor, bachelorette parties. DJ Scepter puts a royal touch on everything. For reservations, go to bookings at djscepter.com. Back to the Mighty Sports Podcast, and thank you for still listening. If you're still listening, listen to my on the mix of law. We hit our last segment, and we hit week 13 of the NFL. And week 13 brings on a completely different dynamic of the NFL, and it's not for the NFL's sake more than it is for the fantasy football sake. 
as week 13 marks the very last week of the regular season for fantasy football. Week 14, week 15, week 16, week 17, all comprised of the playoffs. For the next four weeks, we're going to start crowning some champions here. There are going to be some belts hang, um, given out. There are going to be some awards handed. We're talking about awards. Talking about awards. With the NFL season coming to an end, there are a few awards that I do wonder about. Mainly, the regular season MVP and the Rookie of the Year. Because I find it weird. I, and I just I find it weird. I, I find this to be a very good opportunity for football to do something that they don't normally do as the Knicks are only up by 2, 104 to 102 with 26 seconds left in the fourth quarter as they get a rebound. Thank God. <laughs> I thought he's about to blow this game as a three-pointer just went up by Ricky Rubio. But I think we're going to call a foul on Quinn. On the rebound, they may be calling a loose ball foul. They may be giving Minnesota ball in the back with 24.2 seconds left. They are. They're putting call Anthony Towns on the, on the, on the line. We'll keep you posted. So, it, 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 it makes me think of something real quick. And, and it's something that you don't catch often, and you're not going to see often. I know we've had it one time in the NBA where we've had co-MVPs. I think this is going to be a, a very rare opportunity where the NFL, as Carl Anthony Towns makes both of his free throws to tie the game at 104 apiece. With 24.2 seconds left, and the Knicks take a timeout, and they are bouncing, and they're getting ready to advance the ball. And they're going to draw a play so they can win this game. Take this game in Minnesota. They should. They were up the majority of this game. If they let this, this team come back and win, basically it's going to be a disappointment. It's going to be a heartfelt one because they would have blown a lead. Look at MVP. MVP for the regular season for the NFL. For some odd reason, they should give it to the whole Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Like, honestly, Dallas should run away with the awards this season. The offensive line should get the MVP award. They should give the MVP award to four individual people. Because without that, Ezekiel Elliott is not being considered for Rookie of the Year as a running back. Or MVP as a rookie running back. And Dak Prescott is also not being considered for Rookie of the Year or MVP without the same protection of that offensive line. So, my regular season MVP for the NFL goes to the Dallas O-Line. And that Rookie of the Year, guess what? They also have another opportunity to do something that shows that, you know what? Football happens to be the ultimate team game. Make co-MVPs, make it Dak Prescott, make it Ezekiel Elliott. Dallas should make a clean sweep of, 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 of these awards. Which, when it comes to MVP and, and Rookie of the Year, but they won't do it. They're going to they're gonna be cowards. It's going to be a one-person award, and they're not going to do what they need to do. As we see Melo get the ball with six seconds left on the wing, as he gets it in the sweet spot, he gets a jab, boot, takes the shot, and it is in with 2.3 seconds left, folks. <laughs> Woo! 106, 104. Mix up with 2.3 seconds left. Like they do their special handshake. I don't know what the fuck that was. Look like some salt sticker shit. So as we get ready to talk about week 13, listen, I'm a little bit more excited now as we see this, so we may go a little bit faster than we anticipated. 
Alright, so the first game for week 13 is going to be Dallas versus Minnesota. Minnesota is sitting at 6-5 and five in, the second, in second place in their division. Trying to improve to see if they can close the gap or even make it into the playoffs. Because right now as it currently stands, they are not, they are not going to see the playoffs. As we have Dallas, Seattle, Detroit, Atlanta, New York Giants, and the Washington Redskins. It's currently all the, the six teams in the NFC playoff race. So for Dallas and Minnesota, we gonna I'm telling you, I'm, I'm riding this gravy train until they until they prove me wrong. And Minnesota is gonna be a very good game to go into. Minnesota Minnesota has good defense. Minnesota um, is also a team kind of built like Dallas, where they're gonna they're gonna depend heavy on their quarterback managing the game and getting whatever kind of production they can behind that offensive line in their running game. Unfortunately for them, they no longer have Adrian Peterson to also make that a dual threat. I have Dallas winning this game. We have Detroit taking on New Orleans as Detroit as, as, New, as Detroit is, is still sitting on the top of their division. Surprisingly. Over Minnesota at that. At 7-4. and four. But as I, I keep telling you, the, the fact that they have improved with the loss of Megatron is completely shocking to me. And... I still take New Orleans to win. Listen, New Orleans, New Orleans is struggling, but anytime you get Drew Brees at home inside of that dome, and you know what I say, who doesn't like dome? Who doesn't like dome? Nobody, anyone? See, everybody loves dome. Can I get to the hands? Who likes dome? Everybody. See, it's unanimous. <laughs> New England should beat the Los Angeles Rams as the Los Angeles Rams are just enjoying sun right now at this point in time. Oddly enough, Denver versus Jacksonville causes me to pause. Because Jacksonville's at home, Denver's been shaky, they don't have a consistent quarterback. Their defense isn't the same defense that it used to be. And there's no Peyton Manning. And anytime you're talking about not having one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league and you're you know, sitting behind center, and you just allow yourself to chalk one up to the football gods. I have Denver losing this game. Like it's it's weird. I I, I really do have Denver losing this game to Jacksonville. It's gonna be, it's gonna be one of those weird games there. But Alan, well, Alan Horn, Alex Horns, finally decides to catch at least sixty percent of the ball thrown his way. Cause you know this guy has has stone hands. He's explosive as hell. He just, he's just not consistent. As the Knicks come away with the victory, 106 to 104. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know if I could have put up with another with another loss as they improved to 500. As the Minnesota Timberwolves didn't even get the shot up, they fumbled the inbound pass. As we see, Towns and Christoph Brzingos exchange words. The number one and number four pick of their respective draft classes. San Francisco versus Chicago brings a whole nother set of problems because San Francisco sucks and so does Chicago. But I'm going to give Chicago the benefit of the doubt simply because Chicago's running game is better. Both of their defenses suck. San Francisco's flying across country. It's winter time. Chicago may be cold. Wind chill factor steps up. It's not you have to look at anything. Because when, when both of these teams suck the way they do, or, or when everything else is equal, then you have to look at all the elements. You have to look at all the other decided factors that you could possibly think that may make these games close. The intangibles at that. 
The intangibles for Chicago is going to be the weather in their running game. They're used to that snow. They're used to, they're used to that burst temperature, which San Francisco probably isn't. And Camping, and Kellen Camping just isn't consistent enough to say to make me think that he's going to fly away to Chicago and win on the road. I'm going to take Green Bay to tie up their record at 6-6 six and, six and, and pull off a victory over Houston. Now, I know that they've been calling a lot of other games the game to watch this week. Miami-Baltimore, Giants-Pittsburgh. <laughs> but I am way more interested in what happens between this Kansas City and Atlanta game. Atlanta is trying to maintain their hold over their division at 7-4 and four over Tampa Bay. Was currently sitting at 6-5 and five as we see Jameis Winston slowly, slowly, slowly trying to creep up and, and, and make his team a contender. Just a contender. But try to keep his team that way. And listen, if, if Tampa Bay gets that first seed, they automatically make themselves a playoff, a playoff contender. They are in the playoffs. So Atlanta is literally fighting to stay in the playoffs as they take on the Kansas City Chiefs. As the Kansas City Chiefs are on a similar predicament. Kansas City Chiefs are sitting at 8-3. Behind the Oakland Raiders at a 9-2. Behind also the New England Patriots that are also 9-2. A little bit different for Oklahoma for Kansas City when it comes to Tampa Bay is that Tampa Bay is not even in the playoffs. Tampa Bay has to win the division to make it in the playoffs. Kansas City with a record at 8-3, they can lose this game and still make the playoffs, but now we're talking about possibly getting a first-round bye. And if they can if they can overtake Oakland, then they qualify to be one of the top two teams in the AFC, which then gets them that first week bye, which now completely changes the game. Because now you're talking about giving, what I keep talking about, the Andy Reid factor, another week, an additional week to prepare for whoever he has to play that comes out of the AFC East. And kind of like Bill Belichick, if you give Andy Reid two weeks to prepare for you, he's probably going to run you into the dirt with 89 yards passing and 62 yards rushing. But somehow they're going to find a way to win. I'm going to hit on Miami and pick Baltimore. Also, I like Baltimore. Baltimore should win at home. Joe Flacco... Steve Smith Sr., that defensive line, that offensive line, the, the emergence of, the, of, of their running back, or, or I shouldn't say the emergence of their running back, but their running back returning finally and seeing if he can finally, this has become a factor in the game. He hasn't been a factor for the last three weeks and he's still kind of nursing the injury trying to get back into the game speed, but we're going to see if, if Miami's defense can slow down what is considered the Baltimore offense. Because that's really what Baltimore has right now. Baltimore is no longer that defensive threat that we used to think of them as. In the Ray, in the Ray, in the Ray Lewis days. And now, this is not the Joe Flacco days. And Joe Flacco is the big dude with a big arm. Cincinnati takes on, takes on Philly as... It will take Cincinnati to win a game at home. Don't ask me why. Cincinnati is always one of those disappointing teams. And actually, I'm changing that. Keep an eye on that Cincinnati game. If AJ Green does not play because he's still out for injured, because he's still out injured, I'm picking Philly to win this game. If AJ Green happens to come back and play for this game, then 
you should go you should go Cincinnati. AJ Green is the deciding factor in this game. With with no AJ Green, Andy Dalton looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick, if not worse. He looks he looks like Geno Smith at times. That's how bad he gets. So look out for the injury report to see if AJ Green is gonna be able to be a deciding factor in this game, because if he's not, then this game completely is gonna go to Philly. I see Oakland being able to take continue their pace and beat Buffalo. I have Tampa Bay beating San Diego. I have the New York Giants beating the Pittsburgh. She's not lessening. <laughs> Being the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have Washington going into Arizona and losing. And then that brings us down to Seattle and Carolina. A division rivalry game between Russell Wilson and Callen, I'm sorry, and Cam Newton. And you know how I feel about division games. Those are Zenger Zone. Those are the games that always make you that always make you worry because the better team doesn't always win. And Seattle has been winning this season, but they've been winning based off of coaching, experience, and a ton of other factors that play into it. I'm glad that Russell Wilson is a very good, sturdy, reasonable quarterback, while Cam Newton is a little bit more erratic. And we see what happens with the losses on defense. And even with their number one wide receiver back, I, this is this is one of the times where you just really see that what, what strength of schedule means. Because last year, they alluded to it that Carolina had a fairly easy schedule, and that might have been the reason that added to their to their win. But you couldn't blame 15 wins on it. But it looks like now that you can. Because look at it, you can blame something on momentum. So they probably had four games against four really bad teams, and then momentum just kept on the rest. Because now this season, they can barely break five wins. And I'm not going to see them being able to beat Seattle in Seattle. Which takes us to the Monday night game. Between the Houston Texans and the New York Giants. Sorry, the New York Jets. Quantity Towns put up 45 points against the Knicks. In a losing effort. Huh, better him than us. I'm a homer. I'm not going to pick against my team. Even if my team only has three wins for the season, I'm not going to pick against my team. Is it three wins or five wins? I'm going to say it's three. I can't pick against my team. Even if Houston has a great defense that can cause... Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw three interceptions that game. All in one quarter. In the span of five minutes. I still can't go and cuss my team. Hopefully we get a heavy dose of Matt Forte. We get the 9-1 out there in a couple of places since Brandon Marshall and Darrell Revis have either lost a step or lost interest. I'm leaving you guys there. When we come back, we'll be in December. Christmas will be less than 20 days away. Christoph Porzingis is being interviewed. And we actually get the opportunity to see next week exactly how 
the league's fantasy football playoffs is going to be lined up. I'm excited. I hope you are. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you know I say I appreciate every single second that you spend with me. Thank you. Stay tuned. Stay blessed. And don't stress. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Where are we going for breakfast? Don't want to go far. Rough night. Tired, baby. Tired. My tea!